Welcome to the Verbal Motivation Podcast, where we talk about the things that motivate our lives, our religion, and our relationships. My name is Nathan Vale. If you would like to comment on this or other episodes, please leave me a voicemail at 530-876-4153. This is episode number nine called Perception is Reality. My last year of high school, I lived in a small town that was at that time converting from individual septic systems to a city sewer system. There were large holes and trenches all over town where they were digging to install piping and such. One day I came home from school and they had dug a hole in my front yard so deep that they were climbing a large double ladder to get down into it. I remember being startled as I stood there with my backpack looking down into a hole that appeared to be dark even in the daytime. Caution tape and metal plates were scattered all over town for months, obstructing many of the streets. As is the case with many youth, I loved playing pickup sports. I'm 6'5", so basketball came naturally to me. There were set days and times each week that my friends and I would meet at the church gym to play. One fateful night, there were not enough players to make two teams. And since there were no cell phones then, a couple of us decided to quickly drive around town to collect a few more players. It was very dark that night, and we couldn't find a way to drive around some of the construction tape to a particular friend's house. I was sitting in the front passenger seat holding a basketball, so I decided to jump out and run the short distance over to his house, dodging tape and construction signs as I went. I was making good time when I suddenly realized that I was airborne. The basketball disappeared into the abyss as I hurtled through the air, frantically reaching out in the darkness, desperate to grab hold of an edge. As I fell to what was certain death, the right side of my upper body hit the jagged asphalt on the edge of the hole on one side, and I grabbed onto the street surface for dear life, banging my chin hard against the street. I had seen many action figures in movies pulling themselves up over ledges, and I can tell you, it doesn't work that way. Both of my arms were on the street at shoulder level, and I pressed hard against the street surface with all my might, but it was not enough to stop my weight from pulling me down into the darkness. I vividly remember the feeling of tiny rocks digging into my fingertips and forearms as they slid rebelliously along the surface of the street towards the edge. My mind was racing with the images of the impossibly deep holes I had seen all over town. The edge of the hole below the surface of the street receded in kind of a bell shape with the rough edge of the street sticking out, and so my feet, that were also frantically trying to find a foothold, were actually making it worse. At last, I slid off the edge and fell. Less than a foot. Almost in disbelief, I stood up straight and realized that the hole was barely deeper than I was tall. I stood there with my heart racing, my arms and chin throbbing and bleeding, trying to comprehend how I had been fighting for my life at the edge of a shallow hole. Once the reality of my situation settled in, I felt around for my basketball and found an edge that was straight and climbed out of the hole. Our perceptions in life don't change reality but they influence our decisions and shape our actions to the point that they just as well be reality. In pre-Columbus times, there was not much exploration done because people believed that they would fall off the flat edge of the earth if they wandered too far. As it happens, the earth is not flat, but they lived inside that perception, 
so it just as well have been true. What I would like to discuss today is what flat earth type perceptions we live inside of and what effect those perceptions have on our progression in life. In the year 2021, $60.4 billion was spent by people trying to stay young, trying to hold on to a temporary perception of youth that is quickly slipping away. Now, there is nothing wrong with trying to stay young and certainly nothing wrong with taking care of yourself or looking nice. It's just ironic, in a way, because, as it happens, we are eternal beings. Forever young is inevitable, so we are spending billions to hold on to what we technically already have. The point, of course, is to illustrate the possibility that we may be spending our time and money living inside perceptions that won't matter in the grand scheme of things, and if taken to extremes, may even prevent us from engaging in more worthwhile endeavors. The German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche described well the trends in society when he said, quote, Insanity in individuals is something rare, but in groups, parties, and nations, it's the rule, unquote. I think he may have been alluding to how easily we are swept up by the momentum marketers and other social influencers create with perceptions that make us feel like we have to dress, act, or live in a certain way in order to be happy. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with social norms or decorum. But what if we join what feels like, to an older person at least, a Hunger Games-type fashion show that is going on all around us? or buy that expensive product that we can't live without, nor can we afford. But then once we have it, we don't get the happiness or fulfillment we expected from it. It could be that we didn't actually want it. We were just made, through social pressure or keen marketing tactics, to feel like we wanted it, or that we will belong, if we participate in it. This age-old tactic is perpetuated on societies so that our lifestyles generate revenue for businesses or create some sense of reality for others who want something to be true and feel that if enough people do it, then it is. I think it's possible, if we are just simply not able to find happiness, it may be because we're trying to live in someone else's perception of reality, a perception that does not actually reflect truth, a place that feels empty once we arrive there, because it has no eternal benefit nor consequence. I love Boyd K. Packard's story that was retold in a recent conference. He said, quote, A herd of deer that, because of heavy snowfall, was trapped outside its natural habitat and faced possible starvation. Some well-meaning people, in an effort to save the deer, dumped truckloads of hay around the area. It wasn't what deer would normally eat— but they hoped it would at least get the deer through the winter. Sadly, President Packard said, most of the deer were later found dead. They had eaten the hay, but it did not nourish them. They starved to death with their stomachs full, unquote. We are eternal beings. Therefore, the food that feeds our souls can only be found in things that are eternal in nature. I believe that human beings were created in such a way that we can be convinced of literally anything. It is just a matter of time, exposure, and circumstances. If that doesn't sound right, ask yourself how historical figures like Hitler came to power, or why businesses spend so much money on marketing every year. But this ability to be malleable in our beliefs and thinking is the essence of the freedom of choice, 
one of the greatest gifts we have here on earth. If we were only able to believe what is true, then we could never choose to embrace it, because there would be nothing else. Unfortunately, in some cases, that untethered ability leads to people believing things or creating perceptions that are simply not true. Korihor, the Antichrist in the Book of Mormon, amassed a huge following, teaching a gospel of living large, dressing to match, and looking down on anyone who disagrees. After his fall from power, he admitted that he knew that what he was teaching was wrong. But he taught it so much that he began to like it and believe it himself. Korihor could have lived out his life in fame and fortune, except he needed others to confirm the perception he had created. He needed that confirmation so badly that one day during a chance meeting, when his worldly doctrine was challenged by a faithful and eloquent saint named Gideon, Korihor could not justify his false beliefs and became so angry that he killed Gideon to try and stop the exposure of the false perception he had created for himself and others. You can often tell something is a perception rather than truth if it requires others to confirm it. The gospel of Jesus Christ requires no endorsements. It uses no rationalizations or snappy catchphrases. And it's true, even if you're the only one. So the question is, are there things in our lives that we're trying to squeeze joy from that offer none? We have probably all heard that oft-quoted verse from Matthew, By their fruits you shall know them. Normally, we take that to be the means by which we decide the motivations of another person. But what if it could also be a taste test, so to speak, for things that we want to participate in, much like the fruit of the tree in Lehi's dream? In other words, do the things we participate in or partake of in life produce the exceeding joy Lehi talks about? Or does it leave us feeling full, yet empty, like deer eating straw? If it does... That could be an indication that we are living inside a flat-earth perception. I have met several seniors over the years who have been conned by what is called the grandparent scam. That is where a young person calls a random elderly person and pretends to be one of their great-grandchildren, who got arrested illegitimately while on vacation in Peru and needs money wired to them immediately to get out of jail. This is a long-running and very effective scam. In the aftermath, the elderly person rarely cares about the money they lost. They are just embarrassed and even ashamed that they got scammed by a teenager that they don't even know. I wonder if that is something like how we will feel after we pass into the next life, when we remove the glasses of this life's perceptions and suddenly realize that we are tightly gripping habits or material possessions or harboring anger or holding social beliefs that suddenly have no use or relevance in the next life. And if the sports stars and media influencers who are so dominant and exert so much influence on our lives and in society will be small and even insignificant there. The prophet Isaiah prophetically painted a picture of this very scene. Speaking about Satan, Isaiah says, They shall narrowly look upon thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, unquote. Is it possible that we're all going to have a Wizard of Oz type moment when the veil is drawn back and we are faced with the great tempter and realize that we were hoodwinked? 
Perhaps. But just to be clear, I'm not saying that this life is not real. Quite the opposite. The trials and temptations we face here will push us to our limits. What I am trying to point out is that even though Satan has no actual power over us, he has enormous distracting influence through social media, drugs, or even tragic life events, as was the case with Job. So many willingly succumb to his influence because we don't want the residents of the great and spacious building pointing their fingers of scorn at us. As children of God, we have the ability to decide what we will and won't believe. We have each been endowed with the light of Christ to discern between truth and error. The question is, are we living inside flat earth or false perceptions that are keeping us from the truth? My name is Nathan Vale, and this is the Verbal Motivation Podcast.